So in preparation of this episode, um, we tweeted out from the at Remaster FM Twitter account, which you should be following, by the way, to ask people how and if they're playing games on iOS, because today in our platform review, we're going to focus a bit on Apple. And we had lots of responses, way more responses than I would have expected. And I was kind of going through them and I picked out some kind of key trends, I think, from the people that responded. You know, bear in mind, this is a small Mm -hmm. sample size. But it seems that lots of people do game on iOS, which is not surprising to me. And it seems that for many people that have both devices, they prefer to play on the iPad because the screen is bigger. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people play on the iPhone uh, more or will play on the iPhone more even though they don't want to because it's the device that's with them all the time. Yeah, I saw the kind of response to... Um, I don't know if like most people are like me, but I tend to play on the iPad uh, for games where it's like not a puzzle game, not an arcade game. On the iPhone, I do play games like Threes or yeah. Basketball, yep. those kinds of games. Uh, but games like Crashlands, uh, I can play both on the iPhone and the iPad. I just prefer on the iPad because it's I, bigger. I only ever play Crashlands, which is the world's best iOS game, by the way, if yes. you haven't played it. <laughs> uh, I only play that on my iPhone when I'm not at home, like when I'm traveling. Other than that, like I'm definitely playing it on the iPad because it's way better on the iPad with the big screen. When you travel, you don't drive, so you can play exactly. games. Yeah, that's the problem for me. I always drive, so I cannot you know, drive and play games. Unless you kind of like just delivered all of your commands to somebody else you know yeah no like move i don't forward do two paces and, <laughs> and they move forward so yeah, i uh i i kind of, i'm kind of on board of a lot of the people that responded actually like if a game is a serious game if we're not talking like a little casual game i'm playing it on the ipad and it's because the screen's bigger right and one of the great things about crashlands is i use because it's like a point and click right it's the way that you move um, you kind of just you tap to move. It's not really point and clicking that way, but you tap here, your character moves over there. You tap here, you attack this, that kind of thing. Uh, I use the Apple Pencil as my pointing device, and that's really nice. I like doing that. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I feel like Shahid is not in complete agreement with us. No, Shahid, what is your iOS gaming uh, experience like regularly? I'm ashamed to say that I don't play a lot of iOS games. <laughs> See, I told um, you. <laughs> I, I download them by the absolute bucket load. Yeah, I probably buy about three or four iOS games a week. Whatever's yeah. on that front page, like I'm always buying or at least downloading a selection of those. Yeah, I might, my iOS pile of shame is obscene. I dread to go into my, you know, my purchase history and, and see that long list of beautiful games none of which i've ever played but i bought because somebody recommended or <laughs> you know some developer just came out with something really cool and i said yeah i'm gonna buy it and then of course don't get to play it but there are a few ios games that i play to absolute death you know that's just me i think monument maybe, valley yeah monument valley completed absolutely love that crossy road yep. uh, practically broke yeah. me um, I think and... Threes is the game that I've played the very most on iOS of all time. That I still play Threes, not as regularly, but I still play it. Like that game, I've played thousands and thousands of games. You know, I, it, I just absolutely love it. It's the perfect iPhone game. 
Yeah, I feel kind of stupid when I play threes because I see the the high scores from other people, and I cannot hope to reach those. Oh yeah, high I'm scores. I'm nowhere near as good as that. Like I have a I have a decent high score. My my threes high score is sixty three thousand six hundred fifty seven. Mm-hmm. But I know people that have like you know two to three times bigger than that. Yeah, but I feel like. A- the general trend seems to be I play on the iPad when I'm home or, yep. or when I want to play, you know, adventure games or, yep. you know, multiplayer games. I play on the iPhone for like Twitch, puzzle, arcade games. Yep. And I, and that makes sense, right? That's probably the reason why uh, too many developers don't seem to see, you know, syncing save data with iCloud to be a big of a problem. Because maybe not so many people have that kind of requirement. I know that when you go on the App Store, when you go on Touch Arcade, you see lots of people complaining. But maybe in real life, there's just not that many people having that kind of, you know, feature request. I yeah, love games I with know. iCloud sync, but Me maybe, too. you know, yeah. Uh, so as you can guess, <laughs> today we're going to talk about <laughs> Apple and, and iOS gaming. Um, I wanted to offer some context, if you if you guys will allow me. Yeah, please. Um, uh, tell us, you know, Federico, people that don't know you, you are the iOS guy, right? You know, that is what you well, do. So I would love yeah. to know from your perspective what 2015 in gaming looked like for Apple. I saved some highlights. Um First of all, the numbers. Uh, just last week, Apple uh, reported their uh, financial results from the holiday quarter, uh, but I didn't count those uh, in in these highlights. So you can you can look at it two ways. You can consider the fiscal year 2015 for Apple, um, where they sold 230 million iPhones. But if you consider that fiscal quarter, you wouldn't be considering, you know, the holiday quarter from, you know, October to December, where Apple also sold 74.8 million iPhones and just about 16 million iPads. Um, Again, in the fiscal year uh, 2015, so before the holiday quarter, they sold uh, 54.7 million iPads. And again, in fiscal year 2015, 20.6 million Macs. Uh, if you you know want to also consider people who play video games on a Mac. A um, couple of weeks ago, in early January, I think, Apple announced that during the two weeks leading up to January 3rd, 2016, so, you know, uh, Christmas and New Year's, um, $1.1 billion were made on the App Store from apps and in-app purchases. Uh, people spent uh, just about $20 billion on the App Store in 2015. Um, there are over 1.5 million apps, and the biggest day by far was January 1st, 2016, where the App Store generated $144 million, you know, US dollars in revenue. I wonder why New Year's Day is the biggest day and not, like, Christmas Day. I feel like a lot of people, and this is you know, New Year's resolution, that kind of thing. A lot of people on January 1st kind of want to make a commitment to something new and maybe they either, you know, they they buy some journaling apps or fitness apps or, right, right. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff and they, they sign up for su- subscriptions. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe, you know, they, they feel guilty about what they did the night before. So, like, they want to do something healthier. I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, Apple also said that the biggest categories on the App Store uh, were, of course, gaming, social networking, entertainment, um, 
and that games with a subscription and in a purchases dominated the app store last year. <laughs> surprise. I what really surprise. wonder how much of that was it 1.1 billion is uh the IAP games, you know, like your Clash of Clans and your Candy Crush. It's got to be a significant chunk of that money, right? It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be so interesting to have like a breakdown of I mean, I don't think individual... Apple would ever give it because I no, think that is quite yeah. damning. Right? Yes. I mean, can, I can imagine, right? Uh, just the numbers for uh, Trivia Crack or Minecraft. I mean, Minecraft I can accept. Yeah, because it's a, it's different, right? Because it's, it's more yeah. respectable. Some of these games, and I, I've never played Clash of Clans, so I'm not actually sure what that one's like, but I've played games like Candy Crush, and there's so much psychology going in those to try and make you spend more money, right? Like that's yeah. kind of what they're created to be. And I don't know if Apple would really want to say... This is a big thing that we should be promoting, promoting that people yeah. are doing. That this is where the majority of our money is coming through. It kind of feels a bit shady, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I once read this article uh, about the strategy that the these companies use uh, to nurture uh, the so-called whales. You know, people who yeah. spend a lot of money on, on uh, free-to-play uh, and there's like teams of you know experts studying like behavioral studies uh, on people, the way that you can trick people to spend more money on these type of games, which is just shameful if you ask me. But still, people seem to enjoy uh, playing this game, uh, this game. So you know what you gotta do. So aside from numbers, um, iOS nine was the big uh, change from last year. And of course, it was uh, a bigger change for productivity, maybe, you know, for people who want to get work done on on the iPad, especially on the iPhone. There were some smaller changes. Uh, and for gaming and for game developers, there were some changes, uh, but maybe not really major ones. Um, the Apple announced uh, Gameplay Kit, uh, Replay Kit, and Model I.O., which are the three new frameworks for developers. And Replay Kit is interesting because it's an API to uh, record what's going on uh, during, a, during a game and to share the gameplay video uh, with the, you know, share extensions on, on iOS. Um, Apple also announced App Thinning, which is this new technology to make apps smaller by removing assets from devices that don't need them. And it's a, the kind of technology that now Apple is using across, uh, you know, different devices and, and app stores. And that's about it for iOS 9. There's no major new, you know, mm-hmm. uh, framework for developers like Metal a couple of years ago. Uh, it was just a bunch of refinements, really. The big change in terms of developer technologies is the new Apple TV uh, which runs tvOS it's a brand new device with an app store and of course it, it runs video games um, Apple again maybe a couple of weeks ago about a month ago announced there are just about over three thousand apps on the TV app store so far and we don't know the kind of numbers that Apple is reporting from the TV app store we don't know of any major financial successes we don't know really how much apps are making on tvOS. Um, so we can discuss that. Uh, and last, I would say Apple is doing more curation uh, on the App Store. Uh, there's still the weekly refresh on Thursday when Apple changes the categories and the sections on the front page of the App Store on iOS and on OS X. Now, they seem to be doing that also on tvOS, although i got to say I don't really 
refresh the tvOS app store each no. th- Thursday. But they do have a new Twitter account that they launched a few months ago. It's called App Store Games. And it doesn't have millions of followers, but it it does share every day like little gameplay clips from new iOS games, GIFs, or like links to the App Store. It's a way to kind of put the spotlight on other types of games that are not uh, Clash of Clans or, you know, Game of War and all the all those other, uh, you know top charters on the, on the App Store. Uh, so I would say these are the big changes really from, from, from Apple this year. Basically, if you want to sum that up, it would be a lot of mm, iPhones and iPads sold, again, a lot of money spent on the App Store on free-to-play and in-app purchases and subscriptions, uh, not so many changes on iOS for developers, new Apple TV with a new TV App Store, but no major fundamental change to the App Store. You know, curation and, and like the way the games are organized and featured. It's more of the same, basically. So I want to jump back a little bit. Thank you for that summary, Federico. Um, oh, you're welcome. Because when we were talking about the in-app purchase stuff, our buddy here was uh, was particularly quiet. So... Shahid, do you, would you like to please explain your feelings about in-app purchase games? Well, it's purely an economics issue. Apple have created a certain style of openness that I think originally was hugely successful in creating a massive impact in the developer world. I think we talked about this maybe in the, the first remaster that we did, that for me, when... Apple caused this disruption. It wasn't to games publishers, but it was to games developers and created a really fertile ground for an incredible new wave of independent developers to begin to flourish. Of course, as economics began to play a bigger part and we we saw that it was relatively open, then of course we were going to get commoditization. And that's effectively what we have. We have uh, commoditization of the video games market on the App Store. You can see an extreme example of that on Android as well, where you've got effectively as close to a Wild West uh, as you're going to get. There are some upsides and downsides to this. And of course, one of the downsides is, from a creative perspective, that you're going to get a few players who become entrenched in leading positions and they become effectively... Um, the Coca-Colas and Procter and Gambles of the video games world. So they're going to be the ones who've got the most, um, if you like, um, equity or mindshare. And because of that momentum, they're going to continue to sustain that. If you're asking me for um, a personal or qualitative judgment, I think it'd probably be safer for me to withhold that on the grounds that this is a family show. I like to see developers do do well, and I like to see creativity flourish. I think what we can see very plainly is that not all creativity is rewarded. Um, on, and and on not, especially not uh, in alignment with the talent, skill, or execution. Right. But the thing is, you know, let, let, let's be clear about this. This is economics. Yeah. You know, you, you, you couldn't really point a finger at anyone and say, hey, you're, you're messing things up, because it's, it's just not true. One of the other things that we talked about, as you know, was 
there are loads of platforms out there now. Yeah. You know, it's not just iOS. If developers are having a tough time, you know, I took advantage of this. Um, you know, if, if, if I'm being cynical, when, when I was helping to bring people over to Vita, one of the things I counted on was that really talented developers, the likes of Jeff Minter, uh, the likes of Roll7, you know, I, I think I had a very frank discussion with them. And in Jeff Minter's case, it was very clear that for him, and he said this publicly, iOS was a wasteland. Now, for a talent like that, not to find satisfaction in a marketplace as vibrant as iOS, to me, was a waste. And, you know, I'm not for a second pointing the finger at iOS. I love it. You know, I'm absolute um, iOS and iPhone and Apple raving loon. Um, you know, even within Sony, I, I was like that. So I'm not for a second saying that this is Apple's fault, but it does present opportunity to other people. And so I think what, what we did was go out to these developers who were thinking iOS was the best place for them and said, look, you know, maybe you want to try PlayStation. And they did a lot better. You know, they, they were able to start businesses that became sustainable. Um, and, and that was to, to PlayStation's benefit. And I would say iOS didn't really lose anything. You know, what did Apple have to lose? Apple yeah. is still selling. Look at their last quarter. They're still selling tons of devices. What do they care? Now, if you're running Apple, why would you change that? Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and every time I, I see the discussions about the the way that developers can, can make money on the App Store, uh, it really comes down to the question, does this affect Apple and the way that millions of people uh, buy iOS devices? And I really don't have a good answer because I, I want to believe that from my you know special perspective, I can say, oh, you people don't know what you're talking about. What you really want is a paid game or a paid app yeah. and you don't want to play those games because I know better than you. This is quite an arrogant view from us, yes. right? Because yes. the people playing Clash of Clans and and Candy Crush, they're enjoying those games. I yep. have enjoyed and put money into those types of games as well, right? I have paid money in Candy Crush. I'm gonna, I'm gonna own up. I've played it and I've paid, like, like so many people have. Um, those games can exist. I think that one of the things that just upsets me about Apple's platform is they kind of talk a big talk about gaming, but they don't back it up. And the Apple TV is the the biggest example of that, right? Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code insert coin at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's no way better than Squarespace. They give you everything you need. They let you build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding experience required. They have intuitive and easy to use tools so you can make your site look and feel exactly how you want. They're trusted by millions of people all around the world because of their state-of-the-art technology that they use to ensure security and stability and to keep your site looking fresh and lovely and updated. They have great templates that you can pick from. They have 24-7 support they have their commerce platform so you can sell physical or digital goods anybody can add a store to their Squarespace site their cover page functionality rock solid fast hosting their dev platform they give you a free domain name if you sign up for a year this is so much awesome stuff at Squarespace their plans start at just $8 a month but what's more you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required and start building your own website straight away by going to squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up make sure that you use the offer code 
code insert coin or one word to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Remaster. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and Relay FM. Squarespace, you should. Tell me more. Why? Why do you feel? Do you feel like it's related to to iOS? I mean, of course they're doing the same things, and f- I mean it's strange because when it came out, they were like, "We wanna offer a brand new gaming and app experience on the big screen," and they even went out to say, uh, "We believe that you know down the road there's gonna be you know console quality titles coming to Apple TV." And so far, it that hasn't been the case. So they they I want to believe that maybe they seem to suggest we're gonna make changes to fundamentally the app store in the future, so that you know a forty dollar game can be on iOS, can be on tvOS. Uh, I I just struggle to imagine that. I just think that in the lead up to the Apple TV, we were all expecting that it would be a good game platform, right? I think that that was. It's a box that you connect to the TV, which has downloadable content on it. That is a video games console, right? Like that—that's what video games consoles have become. That's what we know them to be. And Apple had a real opportunity to to back that up. And and in all of their press and all their marketing and everything, they're talking about games. They're showing Disney Infinity on it, you know, stuff like that. But there's no controller. Like the remote that that comes with the Apple TV is lamented for having many problems, but its biggest problem that a lot of people don't talk about is its ability to control a video game, which is nonsensical in a lot of instances. Like I've played a few games just to see what they were like, you know, with the Apple TV remote, and in a lot of instances, the the way that the developers have had to kind of hack together a control scheme via those buttons is maddening like nobody would choose that it's just that's all they've got because that's what comes with it and apple has uh what they call mfi controllers made for iphone controller support so people can create their own and there are specs that apple have made with button layouts and stuff like that but i think the fact that apple have not made their own first party controller bundled with the box or not you know look at amazon with the fire tv they have these controllers that they make that you can buy i think that that shows the fundamental lack of commitment to video gaming in that they haven't deemed it important enough to create a controller of their own okay just to clarify uh it's not like we are guessing this is written in the apple guidelines for tvos apps so the first point is your game and i'm quoting your game must support the apple tv remote uh and then there's a bunch of limitations for external con- controllers, uh, such as TVOS games that support controllers must support the extended control layout. So there's two types of layouts for uh, MI5 controllers, and TVOS games must support the extended mode, or you know otherwise developers cannot implement uh, MI5 support. Uh, games must also be playable using the standalone controller if they do implement the technology. And this is the worst one. A maximum of two game controllers plus one remote can be connected to an Apple TV at any given time. So if you're planning to have like, you know, traditional four player uh, multiplayer sessions, well, you cannot do that because there, you can only connect two MFI controllers and one Siri remote to the Apple TV. So that, that's a big limitation when it comes to, you know, the way the developers can support this type of input and also, you know, multiplayer, uh, especially for an Apple TV, which is, you know, I would expect uh, a shared device in a household. Uh, multiplayer is a big problem right now. Uh, I want to kind of ask you guys um, 
with the Apple TV, the way I see it, Apple had uh, kind of a choice, you know, uh, after the what they saw with the iOS App Store. Um, they could have said, we want to move away from that kind of model and we want to enable, you know, we want to feature, we want to put the spotlight, whatever you call it. We want to help developers who make different types of games instead of, you know, 99 cents or, you know, a dollar, two dollars. We want to help create maybe deeper, longer, you know, different experiences than iOS games. And so far, at least what I see on the TV app store, uh, that's not the case. And that's for game developers. For game controller companies, uh, they did the opposite. Uh, Instead of saying, we are shipping with a game controller of our own, we want to enable you to make your own controllers so you can make money, so we can feature you on the Apple Store, you can come in on a retail store and people can buy your controller, and there's a higher chance that people are going to spend money on, on your controller because we don't have a default one. The Apple TV doesn't come with the controller in the box. And to me, this difference speaks to one of Apple's uh, long-standing issue. uh, issues is that they, they prefer to make money on hardware or to let others make money on hardware than software. Or rather, they always prioritize hardware than software because with software, they're just fine with the iOS App Store model. And I'm not sure that's the right way forward. Well, if you look at a company like PlayStation, I mean, the the way they um, dictate, if you like, a lead is by having worldwide studios. Worldwide studios will create video games. For those who don't know, worldwide studios is the Sony-owned publishing arm and software development arm. It will create video games and it will set the prices for those video games that will define a content style, will define a price point, will define the quality bar and basically set the mark. And that will happen from the outset. You know, at launch, you will see games from Worldwide Studios. And with Apple not really doing that with video games, that's, you know, that that's already a, a black mark. The other is, of course, the controller issue. One of the things that I had to do one of the greatest jobs ever, um, saying this through clenched teeth, was I had to evangelize the Move controller. This is, I think, back in 2009. <laughs> yeah, so I had to go out and see pretty much every uh, developer and publisher in Europe and do my song and dance about how great the Move controller was going to be and how they should support it. And of course, you know, you start off with dreams of, oh, uh, this game is going to absolutely require a Move controller. And then reality kicks in. It's it's like you're, you're begging on your knees for them to say it's an optional. And of course, no one's going to create a game just for a move control. It's just not going to happen. You had a few from um, from PlayStation, but you know who else is going to do that? Nobody, because economically it's suicide. You want to go for the largest common denominator. And when the market is already fragmented, why would you do that? Why would you create a game for Apple TV? that requires a controller. Of course, you'd still have to make it work with a standard Apple controller. You're on a hiding to nothing. So that's another black mark. And then the other one is because they're not out of the gate with a high quality, high price game, well, people are going to revert to type. They're going to see it as another iOS device. 
and they're going to put stuff out initially maybe gingerly at 7.99 before again reality kicks in and we're back to the the whole um yeah. model that we face with ios yeah, you know, and apple will promote like kind of really pushing devs to go universal with the apple tv included right so you buy it once and it's on your iphone your ipad and your mac that's even less money <laughs> yeah i mean forcing developers to support all these many screen sizes uh, that basically means having three different apps or games but just one uh, purchase from people and that's maybe really the reason why, uh, you know, all these extras are so popular, you know, consumables or in a purchases of other types. Uh, it's a way for developers to kind of uh, ask for more money uh, in different ways when really the, the company that, you know, manages the app store wants you to sell one app one single time, uh, maybe from the developer's point of view, even if we don't like it, uh, having in-app purchases or free-to-play mechanics is really the best way to make money. Uh, there's maybe, you know, there's many types of free-to-play, I would say. Uh, there's developers who do an, an excellent job at balancing, you know, you can try the game for free and then you can, you can you know, pay for extras or for gems or, you know, whatever. And there's the big companies like King or, you know, others that kind of want to, have entire schemes revolving around asking people for money constantly. Um, so we, get, I feel like it's necessary to mention that. Um, the idea of a worldwide studio from Apple is, is interesting, Shahid. What would that look like? It's a good question. I'm not sure that Apple actually want a worldwide studio. So no, I think they definitely the, don't. No, this is they don't, purely do hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and so because of that, because they don't want one, you know, we're trying to think of an example that wouldn't suit the cultural style of, of Apple. So I just don't see how something like that would work unless they were leading on a technological front. Because you don't set something like that up just to lead on a pricing front. Otherwise, you're, you're trying to control and shape the market, and that never works. You know, someone will just come in, undercut you, look at the volume, and, and suddenly you look, you look clownish. Yeah. So I don't see it happening. I don't even see what kind of shape it, it would be because they're not going to lead technologically with all this talk about console quality and so on. Well, maybe the console quality of a few years ago, but you know, you look at the best PS4 games, the best Xbox One games right now, with all the best will in the world, the best Apple TV games just ain't going to cut it. Yeah. Yeah. And Apple always likes to... Uh, to show these demos and screenshots of metal on 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 iOS, but really, for every time Apple does that, uh, I, and I look at a major console title, it just looks better. And I know that this is a very simplistic view, uh, but console games are still bigger, better looking, and just deeper in terms of you know what you can play, and that that's the reason why I feel like iOS gaming is a very specific type of gaming still. Uh, I don't want to, personally at least, I don't want to live in a world where the only gaming that I do is on a phone or a tablet because the, the, the kind of experience that I get on a, on a Nintendo Wii U or on a Sony PlayStation, and I assume on the Xbox One, uh, I still don't get that type of experience on the iPhone and iPad. And the issue is both economical and technical. Uh, I don't see how, you know... Companies could sell uh, games at 
you know, $70 on the App Store, and I don't see how they would run on an iPhone and iPad. Can you even run, you know, the new Metal Gear Solid on an iPad? No, you can't. And there's, you know, many, many different reasons why you, you cannot do that. Uh, again, pricing or performance, or I could mention storage, you know, uh, with Apple still selling 16 gigabyte devices, uh, so many people wouldn't be able to even install one of those games. Um, so I, despite, you know, every year I see analysts or people in the tech press saying, well, yeah, consoles are doomed. Uh, consoles are going away. We're, we're all going to play on an iOS device in the future. And I don't quite buy that yet. So I see many kinds of technologies eventually going away. But for, for some reason, and maybe I'm, I'm biased because I'm a gamer, uh, I just don't see the console or the PC for that matter going away, you know, to leave the, the, the entire gaming scene up for grabs to, you know, the smartphone and tablet. They're just fundamentally very different yeah, economical yeah. playgrounds, right? You have the consoles on the high end, which do ridiculous amounts of money. And then you have the iOS devices on the other end, which also do maybe even more ridiculous amounts of money, but they're doing them at a much larger scale, right? So they're, they're charging much smaller amounts to much more people, whilst the consoles are charging higher amounts, but to a smaller audience. And for, at least for now, those two things are continuing. And what's kind of surprised me, and Shahid, you can tell me if I'm wrong, it doesn't really seem like iOS has negatively affected the console market. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's. It, uh, I think it's wonderful. I think all, all that we've seen is this huge expansion of the game space. And one of the things that uh, I think people find a little bit controversial is my claim that uh, console gaming has become niche, um, which is a funny thing to say about a market that's booming. But have a look at the iOS gaming market the iOS market in, in total, um, if you take into account the hardware, because the interesting thing is software sales actually on console looked at from a certain perspective actually outrank iOS software sales, game software sales anyway, even today, even with, even taking into account um, the in-app purchase stuff. But, you know, putting that aside, the interesting thing for me is iOS represents a new market, the mass market, a much, much bigger a, a total addressable market, if you like. Um, but as you say, with, with the money spread out uh, a lot more thinly, and then with this enormous peak where you've got the likes of your, your supercells and, and kings and so on. So yeah, the market's just grown bigger. And the niche of console has grown bigger as well. Gaming's just another activity that we do along with all the other media that we consume. Today's show is also brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You can manage your task list from your laptop during a meeting, share status updates from your phone as you're leaving a client site, or access the latest version of a file from home. You can even do this in your pajamas, nobody will know. These days, everything is mobile and your work should be too. This includes documents. People are always bringing in outside apps now into companies and sensitive documents are getting scattered across different platforms. Platforms like Box, Google Drive and Dropbox, for example. This can cause some big problems, but not if you use Igloo. With Igloo, you're able to integrate all of these services into their easy to secure platform. Everybody will be on the same page. You'll be able to share your documents together 
together. You can even use Igloo's own document previewing engine to have red receipts as well, so you make sure that everybody's seen that most important fire safety document, for example. If you know terms like 256-bit encryption, single sign-on and active directory, you'll know just how safe and secure Igloo is. But what's more, if you've ever looked at your intranet that you're currently using, you know, the current intranet product that you have or that you have access to in your workplace, I can pretty much assume that unless it is an Igloo intranet, it's going to look horrible. Well, this is what Igloo is here to help you fix as well. They give you all of the tools to create a fantastic looking intranet and make it somewhere that you really want to be. It's super configurable and you're completely able to rebrand it and give it the look and feel of your team and company. It's time to break away from the internet you hate. Go and sign up for Igloo right now and you can try it for free with any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. Sign up right now at igloosoftware.com remaster. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and Relay FM. To Federico, what does 2016 hold, do you think, for Apple in gaming? Well, we we can consider what's likely coming and that we can also talk about the rumors. Yeah. Uh, as for what, what's coming, uh, I wouldn't expect um, a really major change to the App Store. I know yeah. that Apple named Phil Schiller as, um, you know, the new head of the App Store, uh, but I, I don't see Apple fundamentally changing the way that the App Store works. I think even if there were any big changes, I can't imagine that they would be specifically for games, right? Like there could be some stuff that changes, but I can't imagine there being anything that really affects just games, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, if they're going to do, you know, changes to the App Store, it will likely be more uh, developer features, such as better interaction with uh, customer reviews or maybe a way to offer trials for you know paid apps and games and whilst those things would be good for game developers they're they're yeah. equally good for all developers yeah they would be good for everyone really yeah. uh so we'll see what's gonna happen there so what's likely coming ios 10 um seems like a pretty safe bet coming in june at wwdc uh we don't know uh in terms of features for the os what you know could show up uh I have a few guesses, but they don't affect gaming really. So I wanted to wanted to ask Shade from a developer point of view. Uh, have you looked at uh, the iOS APIs for for games? What what should you know? What should change in your opinion on iOS? You know, I really like the iOS nine APIs. Um, I I liked um, Gameplay Kit. I thought that was quite cool. I like where they're going with the scene editor. You can see that they're trying to ape Unity in a number of ways, and trying to create this all-in-one solution. Of course, the, the biggest downside to that is they don't have anything like the Asset Store. And they're also going up against the rest of the game development world in trying to promote Swift, which I don't think has caught on because the language is in such a state of flux. I mean, even now, they're, they're still changing the standard, and I don't think there's going to be much settling until version 3 comes along. I think we're at 2.2 at the moment. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. No, no, that's right. So, I don't know. I mean, one of the biggest weaknesses for me in uh, the, the game space on iOS right now is Game Center. I mean, it's just been a dog's dinner from the outset. And things like Replay Kit help as a supporting tech. But I think if they were to work a bit more on Game Center, that could really help. If you look at something like PSN, for example, on PlayStation, you, you just look at everything that Valve do with Steam. 
You know, it's it's just so neat. Valve, particularly, I have to say, just amazing with the way um, they allow developers to um, to engage with their community and allow the community to engage with one another. You know, giving each other gifts and so on. It's just a fantastic system, and I think the whole concept of Apple not really being game developer focused, but kind of almost apologetically uh, accepting it as something that's been successful and therefore having to cater to it, always seems like you know an afterthought. I think if they were to appoint the right kind of people, um, that would help. I think if they had uh, more personalized curation, I mean, look at what they've done with music, right? With music, they've gone yeah. with a much more personalized curation approach. And I think that's worked really well. And if they were to, if they were able to add the human element of curation yeah. to the app store, not just games, obviously. That's a great idea. You know, yeah. apply yeah. everywhere. People, you know, because they have some of it, right? Like you see, like they have those. Yeah, yeah. They have some really great categories on the right. app store, like you know, but like you the twenty-five RPG games yeah, yeah. you've never played and that kind of stuff. But you know, that that's cool and everything. But you know what I want to see. I want to see Federico's face up there on the App Store. Yeah. And I want to see his top 25 list. You know, here are, here are the um, five productivity apps you've got to have on January the 1st, according to Federico. And I'll tell you what, that's just Insta-buy. And again, like, they show they can do it. You know, the Indie Game Showcase. When they do an Indie right. Game Showcase, they ask yeah. that developer for their favorite games. But yeah. it's all pretty hidden. And music is such a good example because what it shows, the the way that they have, a, 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 like, basically pulled music out, it's its own thing. It's out of the iTunes store, right? It's there. It's visible for you. You can get all of your music. Here is some... Uh, here's some suggestions we can make for you. That shows where Apple's passion lies. It lies in music, not in games. Where yeah, because they, they would make more cool. money from games than they do from music. But it's what they care about, and what they care about is music. I I think um, there is probably a feeling within Apple that music sells more devices than games. Because the minute they think that game sells more devices than music, that attitude would switch. Yeah, you're good, good, good point. Yep. Because that's what they're here to do, right? Sell right. the devices. I mean, the iPhone ships with a pair of earbuds. It doesn't ship with a game controller. Yeah. And there's a yeah. focus right there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. So what, what do we think on the, on the Apple TV should be happening instead? I think they actually need to create an environment where bigger games could live. Um, Apple have put a lot of restrictions on the way that the games are downloaded and the way that you know you, you can only have a certain amount of gigabytes of data at one time with your application. And I think that that is not, um, it's not very welcoming to somebody who might want to create a console-like game, right? Like it, you, you're really kind of saying you have to have your game sliced up into these manageable chunks, which I don't think is really that good for making bigger games yeah. The, yeah. but they also need to try and find ways to encourage uh higher prices on the on the platform to to entice um even more like uh indie developers that you would see on playstation and uh, xbox to entice those guys and girls over to this system as well i think you know even if it's just 15 or 20 dollar games do we think and i'm just throwing this out there do we think that something like PlayStation Plus could work for the App Store? I think it would be fantastic. Genuinely. This looks like Apple Music, right? You subscribe to Apple Games and you get like two or three really great games a month. PlayStation Plus is fantastic. 
and, I love and everybody it. <laughs> that I know now, like I hear it all the time. You buy a PlayStation, it's the first thing you do because you'd be stupid not plus. to. Yeah. yeah. The free games, like even if you never play them, like you might get two or three a year that you really like and you're golden. Like Rocket League. Rocket League was one of my games of the year and I got it for free. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people said that. Yeah, Im- imagine imagine a similar feature on the App Store. You get, you know, great games okay, every month from a selection of, you know, from Apple and developers who work it out. And you get discounts. And that entices people to buy paid games because you get the discount. And, I mean, the model has been so great, at least from a customer perspective. I don't know for Sony, but from my point of view. Or from the developers, like we don't know. Yeah. Well, me and you don't know, at least. I certainly (laughs) buy more games because there's the discount. And I feel like I'm missing out if I don't buy the game when it's discounted with PlayStation Plus. At least that's the way that I think. Yeah, those um, plus discounts work quite well. Obviously, I'm not at liberty to reveal figures, mm-hmm. uh, but but they did. They work really well. I mean, it's a form of promotion, isn't it? And yeah. I think something like that could work really well on Apple. I think you know I've had a few developers tell me actually that um, certainly for some of the more uh, key developers that um, Amazon Underground has worked really well for them. I know there have oh. been varying stories. I know that there have been some scare stories as well, but developers who have spoken to me have said, you know what, this this is pretty cool. This is working quite well for us. Uh, one developer saw uh, a tripling of revenue going to that model, which, you know, is, is pretty impressive. So, yeah, I, I do think something like PlayStation Plus, but a bit more encompassing. You know, Apple's take on it, a bit more, as you were saying, Mike, like, like Apple Music, a bit more inclusive, you know. Uh, I think that could work quite well. And it would. the other thing it would do is it would introduce people to stuff that they've not played before and that would just broaden their tastes a little bit. Yeah, one of the major problems maybe is that on, on iOS and on tvOS uh, and on the Mac, because, you know, we shouldn't forget about the Mac App Store, although, you know, I don't know. Uh, Why not? The, Everybody else has. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do people really buy games from the Mac App Store? I don't know. There are uh, people, but I can't imagine there's a lot of them. Yeah, uh, so let's just focus on iOS and tvOS. Uh, it's a good point. Steam is where you go if you want to get a computer game, right? If you want to yeah. get a PC game. I don't buy games off the Mac App Store, but I will buy uh, Steam games, which oh, yeah. I play on the Mac. Are you crazy buying games from the Mac App Store? They don't even tell you the system requirements, I believe. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just so bad. And yeah. it hasn't changed for the past five years. And really, uh, this actually ties in with what I was about to say. Uh, the main problem is Apple uh, has the same App Store for both apps and games. So every time I think of, you know, oh, it'd be cool to have something like PlayStation Plus for games, you know, on the App Store... And then I, I and I think about it, and then I'm like, okay, but what about the apps? Because every yeah. time Apple makes a change on the App Store for customers or for developers, it's always, you know, it ties into apps and games at the same time. They, they tend not to launch one feature and saying, oh, yeah, but it's only for, you know, games, uh, you know, except for the obvious stuff like, you know, game controllers or replay kit. Um, so I, I feel like... They, it's almost not in Apple's best interest to do that kind of PlayStation Plus service or subscription, but it would be so great from a customer point of view. And maybe, you know, appointing Phil Schiller as the new uh, person responsible for the App Store, maybe that signals changes coming this year. Uh, 
I'm, I want to be an optimist here and say that, you know, maybe under Schiller there's going to be changes, but I don't know. Uh. Federico, you mentioned rumors. Um, what, what are the rumors that you think affect Apple in gaming? Well, the big rumor is that Apple has assembled teams internally to work on AR, so augmented reality and VR, virtual reality. And the rumor comes from a Financial Times a report from last week. It was picked up by all the other Apple blogs. Feels pretty leaked, right? It kind of feels like one of those planted uh, leaks yeah. uh, from the company. I mean... If you look even at Nintendo this week, they said, oh, VR is interesting. So right now, everyone is saying VR is interesting. Of course, VR is interesting. And Apple, Tim Cook said as much uh, during the earnings uh, report last week. Uh, he said, well, VR is really interesting. I mean, of course it is. It's like saying, you know, 50 years ago, oh, you know, uh, cars are really interesting. Well, duh, <laughs> they sure are. Uh, what matters here is, is Apple going to make a play, uh, no pun intended, in VR and AR this year? That's the question. I don't think this year. I mean, we're going to talk later on in this series about the fact that 2016 is the year of VR, I, I believe. But not from um, Apple. But not from <laughs> Apple. I, I don't... I would be extremely surprised to see them have a shipping product in 2016. Yeah. Before the end of the year, we might see something, right? That they might have a thing to show, which will come in 2017, you know, like they did with the watch. But I would be extremely surprised to see any type of AR or VR product come from Apple uh, in 2016. Do we do we see Apple as a company that wants to make uh, like a visor or you know like one of those head units for VR? Because I, I it really doesn't seem an Apple like product to me. The only thing that I think could swing this for them is to create something like what Samsung created with the Gear VR, that it is a product which ties closely in with the iPhone. Because as iPhone sales are starting to slow, um, the, at least the growth, you know, as we've seen in the most recent quarterly results, Apple need to find ways to make the iPhone itself more attractive and also to, to bolster more things on the iPhone, like they have done with the watch, right? The watch is, a, is attached to the iPhone. It makes the iPhone a more attractive package. I think a, a VR headset that links in with the iPhone actually continues to push that, right? You're selling to your existing massive audience of iPhone customers a new product and also enticing people from other platforms or from older phones to upgrade or switch. Well, you got to believe that eventually VR will be uh, a smartphone feature, you know, because it's yeah. got all of the all of the all of the stuff that it needs, like a high resolution screen, and and it's portable, and all your games are on it, and it's got the computing power, and of course, you know, that rests on the assumption that five years from now, an iPhone or a Samsung phone or a Google phone will be as powerful as computers are today. You know, as an Oculus computer is today, the smartphone will be in five years. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Could be. I just don't see Apple making one of those weird... Uh, and we're going to talk about this. I just don't see Apple making an Oculus-like device and promoting it on their website. You know, with people with you their know, mouths open. <laughs> I understand that, but I think that by the time that this product is ready, if they're making one, I, th I think that the uh, opinions and attitudes to these types of devices will have changed. You know, we're going to be. be more used yeah. to seeing them. Um, and I think that it would be it would be kind of crazy of Apple to not be pursuing this because if they don't and they don't have a product, they could miss out on the next wave of computing because this could be yeah. it. It might not be, 
but it could be. Yeah, this could be. So I feel like we've been pretty negative for Apple in gaming in 2015. That, yeah, I don't think that they're a great player like in, in the, the, the way that we like to think and play games, right? The developers are great, and the platform produces some incredible games. Mm-hmm. But Apple as a company is not really a great steward uh, of video gaming. I just feel like it's a an entrenched cultural pro- problem inside yeah. Apple. Yeah. And this goes back to the days when I remember couple of decades ago, Steve Jobs said, well, you know, maybe he was arguing with the developer and he responded, well, you know, games are not art. You you're, you're make a video game that's not an artistic ex- expression. Um, maybe it's a very, you know, deeply held notion inside Apple that video games are just entertainment. And so they do treat video games with the same kind of attention or, you know, lack thereof, uh, that they treat content on iTunes. Maybe that's just the way that it is inside Apple. And from our perspective, that's just shameful because, I mean, we, we love video games. We know that they can be so much more that, uh, and we want to see them flourish on, on the iPhone and iPad and the Mac. Um, but that's not the case, really. It's just another type of app or, uh, you know, content on iTunes. And maybe I, I feel like we we would like to see video games being treated as a special kind of content from Apple, but it's not. Uh, and I don't know what the future is, really, at this point. Um, I, I don't know if... I struggle to imagine, right? Uh, Ten years from now, uh, do we get the next... And forgive me, Shahid, but do we get the next Super Mario on, 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 on a smartphone? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the world for, you know, Super Mario's, maybe that time is over. I actually think it is. Super Mario, Mario was as big as it was because there were less places and there were less developers, right? So it caught on because one of the two video game consoles that you had, it's like the same with Sonic, right? They both had, uh, Nintendo and Sega had their characters um, and I don't see that kind of thing happening on a smartphone. I think it needs to be a bit more tied into the, platform itself this is something that i that i think about every day actually with the mm-hmm. with the work that i do um with so with so much choice right there's so many books you can read there's so many games you can play with so many apps so many movies so many tv shows so much music nothing nothing is really special anymore so it's just a matter of choosing your battles really uh what do you like there's no single icon anymore if you think of, if you think about it because everyone has a different preference with so much choice and for games this kind of translates into you know there's a lot of great games but there's no single oh my god that's the you know the new icon of video games kind of status and you can make that argument a few years ago on the app store you know with angry birds or you know there was a time when we could see some games and say, yeah, these are gonna be, you know, the you know the highlights for this kind of modern era. But really, the way it played out is there's thousands of great games, and I'm not complaining about them because they are great. But it's just the the age of the single video game character or video game franchise maybe is over. So I think looking at 2015 and looking into 2016. 
I don't really see much change for Apple. In all honesty, I don't think as a company, there's not going to be a lot of change in the way that they work and the way that they approach video games. There's going to continue to be fantastic iOS games coming out in 2016, as there has every other year. And there may be the best iOS game ever made coming in 2016. But I don't personally think that's going to be tied to anything specific that Apple does. The platform is good, but I think that the platform vendor is just going to remain the same.